The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Hello, I am Rick, and he is Dave. Hello, everybody. I'd like to read this uh, description of our show from the Robert Feeder column, because I think it, it sums up exactly what people can expect. Are you ready for this, Dave? Uh-huh. Rick Kempfer, that's me. Author, blogger, media critic, longtime Chicago radio producer, and publisher of Eckhart's Press is adding podcaster to his credit. Starting May 5th, which is today, Kempfer and co-publisher Dave Stern will co-host Minutia Men, a weekly podcast for the Radio Misfits Network at radiomisfits.com. Produced by Tony Lasano's Opi Production, it'll feature Kempfer and Stern sharing stories and drawing on their vast treasures of worthless information. <laughs> yeah, we've got Rick. Um, we are slated for 17,400 podcasts with all the worthless information that we have. Uh, and um, to set the scene of who we are, uh, where, where, where we're doing this show, first of all, we're not in the same room. Uh-uh. Dave is at his house. I'm at my house. I'm sitting in my dining room. And uh, I have a noisy dog. It can come in at any moment. The dog is uh, a pit bull, and so when she barks, it sounds a little scary. Uh-huh. Uh, also, they're they're doing construction on my street in front of my house. They're tearing it all up. So if you hear construction noises, uh, you're not hearing things. Uh-huh. And then thirdly, my son Tommy is upstairs. He's twenty twenty years old. He's a college student. So the, right now that we're doing this taping, this show at eleven forty five a.m. He's not awake yet. But he can be coming in at any moment. You never know. Um, and as Rick has a noisy dog, or noisy dog, I've got three noisy kids. Really, whereas, noisy. really, yeah. really oh, noisy. They are. Um, they are so noisy, Rick, that uh, O'Hare Airport calls and complains yeah. for the noise in our house. And um, they are at school, luckily right now. But in just a nary a few weeks, they will not be at school. Oh, and no. so. Oh I God. think our listeners will be um, treated to a lot of passive-aggressive fighting, I think. Don't you think? I didn't even think of that. This summer is going to be a nightmare. Well, they do have day camp for some of the time, so we'll just have to schedule the taping when yes, they're Keep them busy, gone. please. I'd appreciate that. What would you say? I keep them busy during yeah. the summer. I mean, we're trying to have a phone conversation. Basically, by the way, Minutia Men is a version of Dave and I having our daily phone calls. And we, what we do is we share the minutia that we find online or wherever else with each other in our phone calls. And, and you get to listen in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, think of, hey, did you hear about blah, blah, blah? And that is what our conversations usually are. And they're very highbrow, too. Rick. They are. And when, when Dave's kids are around, they are always interrupted by screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I will try to keep that um, to a minimum. But you know what? It is what it is. It is you know what, what it is. It, it, whatever. Um, speaking of minutia, Rick, you want to just start off the ball rolling? Yes, please. Uh, Tell me what you got. This, this comes out of Alabama. And uh, what do you think of, and I, being such that we're doing uh, these stories, a lot of them come from Alabama, Florida. Uh, Wisconsin has a pretty good uh, um, chunk of, of stories. And Mississippi. But this one's out of Alabama. Don't and forget Cal- Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah, definitely Texas. Um Talladega, Alabama, isn't this where they? Talladega is, is there race cars? Don't they yeah, have a? Of course, NASCAR. Well, eleven-year-old Chris Gaither from Talladega, Alabama, was at home on a Wednesday morning 
Um, why wasn't he at school, Rick? Well, because he's being homeschooled. Uh, but here's a question. He's a l- home alone. So right. the homeschooling part of it, I'm not getting. So Chris is at home. Could be an online and, course. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's homeschooled by the University of Phoenix. And uh, so he uh, so he's just there, you know, probably doing homework, I'm sure, or, 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 you know, horticulture or whatever it is. And he hears a noise and a burglar, a burglar comes into his house. So any 11-year-old kid, I know my kids would do this. I'm sure yours would, too. Um, would find our nine millimeter gun that we've got in the house, you know. So because that's what cr- you do, exactly. So Chris takes his nine uh, nine millimeter gun and confronts the the burglar, and the burglar who was carrying a hamper, which is another part of the story that I don't understand why the burglar would come and steal the hamper. Um, well, he, evidently no, he, was the carrying, bur- he was carrying the booty. You know everything. He's he, Dave. Haven't you robbed a house before? You, you got it. <laughs> You, how are you going to carry it out? You go into a house, you have to have something to carry all the stuff you've stolen. Well, no, you bring the bags with the big dollar sign on it. Oh, that's like, right. That's right. When you're wearing your black and white shirt, sure. And the little, you know, the little the the eye thing, the black eye. Th- the eye mask. Bat. Yeah, the mask. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> we're also known as oh. the eye thing. Yeah, right. Uh, right. This podcast is going to be great, Rick. We should also warn people that we're not young anymore, and sometimes <laughs> right. we forget the simplest Word. words. Right. Simplest yeah. words. Right. So, uh, like on. mask, for instance. So Chris uh, accosts the burglar, and the burglar is like, "Come on, kid, get out of my way!" Basically, and he starts leaving the house with a hamper full of booty, you know, whatever. And so Chris unloads. A full metal jacket. Do you know what a full metal jacket is? I do not. Uh, it's I think twelve shots or not. I don't know what is. It's it's you know how you see, you know, in the movies the, the yeah yeah yeah. Sure. Yeah, they click it in and um. Well, he shoots twelve shots, eleven of which misses him, but one <laughs> hits. What hits the? He should be, uh, evidently Chris should be homeschooled in shooting burglars. <laughs> so he hit one hit him and knocked and shot the. Uh, the, the burglar so so what happens is the burglar starts to writhe in agony on the ground because he just got shot yeah. and what do you think chris did what what would most normal 11 year old kids do called 911 no he taunted the burglar Rick. of course <laughs> he he started uh and, and i don't know but i'm just going to uh predict that he knowing the seeing this kid's face and the picture of this kid, and I'll send it to you. He's a taunter. You know how you see, see yeah, like sure. AJ, AJ Pruszynski is a taunter. Okay, right? so this is like an eleven-year-old AJ Pruszynski. <laughs> it's exactly an eleven-year-old. Uh, AJ So he's Pruszynski. being homeschooled out of necessity because he's <laughs> right. been kicked out of every school in the area. <laughs> right, yeah. right. He's gotten his ass kicked by every school in the yeah. 40, 40 miles of Talladega, Alabama, probably. At well, this no point. wonder he's he's always packing heat. <laughs> okay, good point. So the the burglar is writhing in agony and. And, and, and Chris is going, what are you going to do? Cry like a baby, baby. And <laughs> is this for real? It is totally for real. He, uh, this kid, the 11 year old kid was taunting a robber that he just shot. Well, yeah. The, the Let it be known that the robber was shot and he's on the ground. So uh, and looking at this face, this does look like a kid uh, that that taunts when he knows he's like the bravest kid from 30 feet, <laughs> you know. Uh, so this little chubby taunter. Started, it started taunting, you know, the the robber. Now, can you imagine what kind of grief this robber is going to get in prison? 
Oh man, just think about it. I mean, I mean, think hey, about what are you in for? <laughs> oh, you're the crying burglar guy. You're uh, the one that was shot by an 11 year old. Right, right. Uh, the twelfth time while you were carrying a hamper, dude. Yeah. So uh, it's that's rough my manu- out there for burglars these days, Dave. It, it, it is tough, and um, you know they're they're persecuted. And I hope the next election really, uh, really. It caters to their needs, don't you think? (laughs) Unlike this one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Right. So my minutia uh, is on the other end of the intellectual spectrum. Uh, Instead of uh, going to Alabama, we're going to go to Shakespearean England, Dave. Oh. Yes. Slate Magazine has got a regular feature. I don't know how regular because I just discovered it for the first time this week. But uh, I know they've done several of these. Uh, they call it Dirty Shakespeare or Salacious Shakespeare, where they go through uh, old Shakespeare plays and they point out that really Shakespeare kind of had a potty mouth, mm-hmm. which I think is how they should be teaching Shakespeare in school. They didn't. Oh. I had no idea that this was true. Did you? No, not at all. And high school kids would love a little, uh, a little, uh, you know, uh, salacious like talk. Boom, chaka, uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, this one. Uh, it, this is specifically for the play Henry the Fourth, and uh, there's a character in Henry the Fourth called Falstaff, Sir John Falstaff, who is described as uh, larger than life, um, but also sleazing, boozing, and wheezing, kind of a fat guy, a fat guy with COPD. Yes, pretty much. Uh, exactly. So he, he was basically all of the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, the seven deadly sins all uh, rolled up uh, into one guy, uh-huh, basically. Uh-huh. And so here are some of the off-color, I'm going to warn you, uh-huh, uh-huh. this is a podcast, Salty. we're allowed Salty. to say this stuff, but uh, I will warn you, these are these are very bad things to say. All right, don't I'm say very easily home. offended, too, so be all right. You ready? Now, this is... Prince Harry runs into Falstaff and says this to him. And again, apologies in advance. Mm. These lies are like their father that begets them. Gross as a mountain, open, palpable. Why, thou clay-brained guts, thou naughty, pale fool, thou whore, son, obscene, greasy tallow catch. (laughs) Hey, first of all, Rick, yeah. you never told me you were classically trained. <laughs> I have so many hidden talents. Right. How did Feeder? How did Feeder not mention Elizabethan actor? It, it, uh, Would you like to know what a tallow catch is? By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. A tallow yeah, catch, and and this is very mean to say this is a lump of animal fat that butchers collect for candle making. So I mean that that's pretty rude. Uh, I bet that that kid. Yeah. Taunted the burglar with things like that. Exactly. You know, <laughs> exactly. going to cry like a baby, you worthless bigging my yeah. fool. <laughs> you greasy tallow catch. Yeah. All right. So That's... now that was bad, but that was Prince Harry talking. This, yeah. this, now this is actually Falstaff himself. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. And again, apologies. Splud. You starveling, you elf skin, you dried neat's tongue, you bull's pizzle, you stockfish for breather to utter what is like thee, you tailor's yard, you sheath, you bow case, you vile standing tuck. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you know, Shakespeare got beat up a lot when he was a kid, <laughs> don't you think? Would you like to know what that meant? Yes, I do. He was basically calling him a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, when you had mentioned uh, Shakespeare, dirty Shakespeare. Yeah. You know, I immediately thought, and maybe this is because I'm not a classically trained uh, actor like yourself, <laughs> I thought of porn. I thought that you were going to go into Doesn't some... Doesn't everything make you think of that pretty much? <laughs> yeah, Nazis and porn. Yeah. And if you could combine the two, uh, <laughs> that's me. Um, so you, you know, you... Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be a story on, you know, someone making porn with, the, you know, with Shakespearean actors, which would probably be pretty good. Don't you think? Yes, I would think so. You got any uh, examples for us? Uh, well, you know... Uh, now that you mentioned it, uh, what about uh, a title could be uh, King Rear? What do you think about that? Like it. Uh, a Midsummer Night's Wet Dream, Rick? <laughs> I, th- I think I could be That's, wrong about this. I think that exists. Yeah. It's, it, it, I have never seen it because I don't ever watch porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12-inch Night. By the way. Or King Johnson. <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, think of the actors. Think of the actors doing their porn line like, that was the must giveth to it me now, and then with the wonka donka ba wonka donka soundtrack in the background, that you'd you'd make a you'd make you'd sell a million units. Oh, well, thank you for that picture. Yeah. All right. So as Manusha man, oh wait, I, I, you have one more story for me, don't you? What's I your, do, Rick. Okay. Uh, Lay it on me. As you know, I'm a health nut. Yeah. Rick, mm-hmm. uh, so I wouldn't. I don't. We don't eat pizza. I, I'm on a complete organic diet. You know, uh, kale. I, I'm I'm all kale all the time. You actually but kind if, of are, though, aren't you? Eh, uh, yeah. You know, not really. Yeah. Uh, well, considering that my that our wives aren't going to be listening to this podcast, probably. Right. Yeah. When she's not around, not really. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so this comes out of Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, if you're owning a pizzeria in Brooklyn, what do you think your name's going to be? I'm going to say Louie. Louie, that's good. Uh, Vinny. So Vinny from Brooklyn has opened up a pizzeria called Vinny's. And Vinny is brilliant. Vinny is the Einstein or the uh, Oppenheimer of, of, of dough. He created a pizza box for delivery that is a pizza. It's an actually edible pizza box. So it's a pizza, and inside is another pizza. <laughs> so I suspect that uh, Vinny yeah. may have smoked some pot. Allegedly. In, maybe. Uh, Allegedly. Or, Vin, or Vinny's customers maybe blowing some bombs. Are you saying that that would be the state of mind you'd be in to be inspired to come up with the concept of a pizza-made box, a, a, a box made out of pizza featuring a pizza inside? Yeah, I think that there's some cannabis involved, uh, which, well, don't you remember? Well, we never smoked pot in college. No, no we were. But when we were, when we were studying and we saw other people smoke pot, uh-huh. some of the weird stories that, and ideas that they'd come up with, um, I, re- <laughs> I remember one. Uh, zombies were zombies – were, zombies are weird, right? I yes. Mean, they're, they're the undead. Um, zombies are big now, but they were pretty big in the 80s too. With yeah. the uh, yeah, um, tech, not the Texas Chainsaw, it was the Night of the Living Dead and whatever. Sure. So, <laughs> I remember my roommate Andy saying, if there was ever a zombie apocalypse, he would just put treadmills all around his house. <laughs> That's brilliant. Is it brilliant? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so uh so yeah um and again, let the I, record show he said that in the 80s yeah exactly uh and he's and that's why he's the the head of marketing of, at bentley university yeah do you want to do you really want to Im- implicate him on this right now <laughs> uh, oh wait guy. oh it wasn't andy it was randy randy thank randy, you not, yeah not it's andy. not bentley it's uh schmentley <laughs> right right exactly in talladega alabama <laughs> right exactly so there you go. If you are in Brooklyn and you want a pizza, you buy a pizza from Vinny's and you get two pizzas. That's very so, nice. Now, and by the way, if, you, if you're if you listening and you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits podcast uh, network. They're, they have a bunch of shows about the Cubs, Dave. I know you're a big Cubs fan. Um, Mr. Cubs. Emus Catuli. Uh, Andy Lurie hosts that one. Uh, he's actually he hosts a couple of their uh, podcasts. Uh, the Second String Sports Dorks with uh, Scott and Andy. Um, has he ever kissed a girl, Rick? Do you think? I bet he has. Yeah. You know, I think Cubs fans are much much hipper than you think, and I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm sure you are. Yeah, okay. With my Cubs minutia, because I also am a Cubs minutia e, and uh, we even have a. Uh, a recorded promo for this segment, which we will bring you every week. And let me play for you now. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. We call it Just One Bad Century because I am the editor-in-chief of <laughs> JustOneBadCentury.com. And uh, I am a bit of a Cubs nerd. Uh-huh. Just, uh-huh. just Nuclear nerd. Just, yeah. just a little tiny bit uh, a Cubs I've written about every... Single Cubs player who ever played the game. But I think probably the most nerdy thing that I've ever done, and this is really saying something, because I'd like to, I think I have some pretty good nerd uh, capabilities. This, this is, I have gone through every major event that happened in history <laughs> between 1871 and current day that took place during the summers. Okay, that's kind of a key uh-huh. thing. To see what the Cubs were doing on those days. Who doesn't, Rick? <laughs> exactly. Come on. I mean, I could throw a I could throw a hammer out the window and hit three people that have done that. <laughs> but I have, I have written about these things. So today is the anniversary of a major event in Chicago history, and that is the Haymarket Riots. Do you know mm-hmm. anything about these things? Uh, I know that there was a bar called hay Hay markets or hay market square yeah that's right where it is that's right where it happened uh it Uh, happened at in hay market square in chicago on 151 to 199 north displain street and what happened was uh there was a worker rally and the here's another thing i love about this story dave this combines two of my favorite things it combines germans (laughs) and cubs because this was a very German city in 1886. One out so of every four people in Chicago was German. So your two favorite things are Cubs and Germans. Yeah. And mine are Nazis and what was the other thing? White Sox. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. We should be married. <laughs> we basically are married. <laughs> yeah. We're, well, wow. Yeah. So the signs that were put up to promote the uh, Haymarket uh, rally – uh, actually, it was a workers, uh, a workers Unite rally. It, it says, attention working men. 
But then right underneath it in German, it says Achtung Arbeiter. Yeah. German's a pretty language, isn't it? It is. It's 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 a it's a romance language. <laughs> Subtle. Then it says mass meeting or Massenversammlung. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, Germans uh, that met that day were all workers who were protesting how they were being treated. And and Chicago is famous for how bad it treated its workers, even Um, in those days. Yeah, I used to work, uh, not to interrupt you, uh, but I used to work um, in the stockyards at a paper company, the stockyards, and they had like a little museum there that conveyed all the horrors that, you know, the Upton Sinclair's Jungle was written about. uh, And uh, they had like a little part of this little museum like a display case almost of the the horror that these people you know the 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 injuries and the mutilation that these workers were were shoved subjected to you know like fingers being caught in sausage you know sausage machines and and you know a foot and getting ripped off of some machine you know so i would not have been good so in the stock to say that the labor uh the labor activists uh, were protesting something legitimate. It's a fair thing to say. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. This, uh... And in this case, they were German guys. And and somebody threw a bomb into the line of police that had come out there to uh, arrest them. And, and, and cops really don't like that much. No, no, no. Not fans of having bombs thrown at them. And they started firing into the crowd as cops do <laughs> and they they killed right. many an unknown number of working men were killed and seven policemen if you go to the to the Haymarket Square they have a uh, a memorial for the seven policemen but they don't have a memorial for the for unknown the, number of working men that were killed the dead germans no uh, these are the names of the people that were arrested by the way you ready sure. august spies oscar nebe lois lewis uh, ling Georg Engel, Adolf Fischer, Michael Schwab. Are, are you sure those aren't Hispanics? Yes, right? I'm. I'm pretty darn sure they were Germans. But anyway, I know what you're thinking right now. Yeah. How? What does this mean for the Cubs? Okay. There you go. See now that's that's how more <laughs> most people think this way, right? Right. Right. Uh, so at at the time, the Cubs were known as the White Stockings. And they played at Westside Park, which was not too far away from there. It was on the west side. Um, Congress and Loomis, Harrison, and Throop Streets, those were the the four streets that it was there. And they were playing against uh, St. Louis on uh, May 4th, and they lost that game. It was uh, opening day, what 1886. Are the odds? Sure. And that team, uh, that 1886 team, had three Hall of Famers, Cap Anson, George okay. King Kelly and John Clarkson. Do you know anything about those guys? Well, I've heard of Cap Anson. Uh, Cap Anson is the guy who uh, he, he's the all-time leader in hits, I think, in Cubs history still to this day. But he also was the guy who instituted the color barrier. <laughs> so not a proud moment in Cubs history. <laughs> now, so he so all the other teams followed then, obviously, right for years. I mean, he for like a hundred years. What happened was he said he would not play if there were any. I'm going to say Negroes on the other team. He would not play, and he was the biggest star in the league. So it was kind of an unwritten rule, and they just stopped allowing black people to play. So this is a team that you root for. I know. Yeah. All right. The team also included George King Kelly, who uh, was famous for cheating. 
Like in those days, there were different rules. First of all, they they had a, a fifth. The the pitcher was only fifty feet away. What it what, so fifty the, feet? The pitcher's mound was only fifty feet away, and the batters could say, "I'd like a high pitch or a low pitch." They could call the pitch. And it, fifty it, wait yeah. fifty feet away. I know. That's which is why John Clarkson was a fifty-three game winner. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could win. Tw- I could have won twenty. Yeah, I think you could have. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, you just whip it, whip it as fast as you can. And there was only one umpire in these days. And what happened with the umpire is, if he wasn't watching, there the rule was you could do whatever you wanted. If if he missed it, he missed it. So it was this King Kelly was famous for just cutting across the diamond instead of touching second base. He'd go from first to third. Just that guy's a thinker. He is a thinker. He's out of the di- or out of the box or out of the diamond thinking. No, he's a thinker. They had to change the rules because of him. So anyway, that's our that's uh, our dip into Cubs minutia for this. Didn't they also like you could trip players and stuff? And uh, oh if- yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever you wanted, as long as the ump didn't see it, and there was only one ump, so um, you could get away with just about anything in those days. I think baseball spectators, the the attendance would skyrocket, especially for the White Sox. Um, if you could still trip players, you should think about it. We should think about it. <laughs> you know, uh, or uh, yeah, definitely a little more physical violence, and that'll definitely attract more White Sox fans. <laughs> All right, so we have one last segment that we're going to do every week here. We call it Celebrity Potpourri, and this one also comes with a recorded intro. Let me play that for you now. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So we call it Celebrity Potpourri. Basically, it is just a a chance for me to tell some of the stories. Dave likes hearing these stories about celebrities. For 25 years, I was in radio working as a uh, disc jockey and as a radio producer, and I met during that era, just about everybody, uh, because they came through Chicago and had, we had them on our various different shows. So we've written down every name uh, that I could remember, and there's probably a lot that I forgot, and put it into a bowl. And Dave, each week, will pull a name out of this hat or bowl or whatever. What are you using, Dave? To- uh, it's a uh, Costco, you know, where you can get those big jars of cheese balls. Yeah, it's an old cheese ball. It's it's huge. It's and there's probably I don't know 100 names in here. Maybe I, I don't know. No, it's 300. Is there 300? Yeah. Uh, the so we have to have at least 300 podcasts. Uh, we can't get canceled before. Uh, well, let me uh, put my hand in here, and while I'm doing that, I'd like to remind you and all of our listeners to tell your friends about Minutia Men, which is available online at RadioMisfits.com. Now, Rick, you don't have any other friends other than me. <laughs> I don't leave the so, house. Right, so that doesn't apply to you. Yeah. Also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at MinutiaMen. And if you're a uh, Chicago Public High School student like me, you spell Minutia, M-I-N-U-T-I-A. And quite frankly, before I did the podcast, I'm not sure I knew how to spell it. Did you? I, I did. There's also another spelling of it, which we're actually using the singular version of Minutia and and giving you bonus minutia because this is clearly plural minutia. Oh, this is absolutely. Uh Rick. Yeah. I picked the name of Harry Carey. Harry, Harry Carey. Okay. So I have several Harry Carey stories if you if you want to you can just put the name back in the bowl cuz I'm not going to tell all of them. Okay, he's back in the cheese ball bowl. 
Okay, so uh, I'll go back to my very first Harry Carey encounter, and this goes back to 1983, uh, shortly after Dave and I met each other. Dave, remember that one year that we had uh, Chicago Cubs broadcasts on our uh, college station at WPGU? Yeah, I never understood that. No, nah, it made like, no sense. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do remember it. We um, were part of the Cubs network. You you're know. an affiliate. One of your respective affiliates. Right. You know how Pat Hughes occasionally says, and now for our affiliates down the line, you know, whatever. Yep. In those days, Harry Carey had just started working with the Cubs. And we were invited to a big uh, benefit, not a benefit, a, a banquet, like a, mm -hmm. a welcome to the sponsors and affiliates thing and i free was food and booze exactly <laughs> for college kids free and well you, you were the only college kids. we were the only home. college kids there it was mostly professionals like the people in peoria and springfield and wherever else they air the chicago cubs broadcasts but the only reason i was allowed to go was because i was dating the general manager of the station at that time it was a young lady uh mm -hmm. like 22 she, she was mm -hmm. a couple years older than me and I like doing Shakespeare porn. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, the two of us got to go up to Chicago, fancy Chicago, to uh, yeah. do a big uh, city. A big city. Yeah. You said a bad word. Oh. Um, okay, that was yeah, you don't want to slur that word. So the two of us were at uh, a booth, and, and there were tables in this banquet room. I think it was at the Hyatt Regency, one of these big hotels downtown. And Harry Carey walks in, and Harry Carey is the biggest star in Chicago at that time, mm -hmm, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. uh, 83, well, Carl Heinz Granitza. <laughs> okay, that's true. But, Harold yeah, Washington. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so one of the biggest stars, one sure. of the biggest stars in Chicago. And everybody there was only there because they wanted to meet Harry. They wanted to meet Harry mm -hmm. or, you know, I think, I think Brickhouse had already retired at that point. So Harry was the man. 83, how old is he? Uh, I think he's born in 1914. So oh, so I, he's I can't 69. <laughs> You're very, very, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he walks in, and everyone's crowding around Harry, and he has his choice. He can sit anywhere in this entire banquet room, but Harry looks around and sees all these old guys, uh, yeah. and yeah. then sees a a young blonde 22 year old girl <laughs> yeah. sitting next to me. Yeah, right. And he picks our table of all the tables in this place and sits at our table and then literally squeezes me out of the booth to yeah, sit yeah. next to my girlfriend and then hits on her right in front of my face. Uh, the, 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 that must have made. Well, what, what are you going to say to Harry? You're like, you I can't like, say hey, anything. I'm I, I was yeah. fine with it, to be honest yeah, with you, because right. I loved Harry. Right. And at that point, you probably loved Harry and the Cubs more than your girlfriend. Well, I, I think that we had a longer relationship. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, um, well, do you want to tell everybody the name of the, your girlfriend? No, I'd rather not. It was Dutchie, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, let's say it was Dutchie. <laughs> yeah. her, her name was Dutchie. <laughs> so anyway, That's... that is it for this week on, uh, on Minutia Men. Uh, to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at our... Uh, we have a couple of websites, EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Those are our real day job uh, websites. And if you'd like to reach us, you can also drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'd like to thank a couple of people. Special thanks. Executive producer Tony Lasano with Opi Productions. Uh, we've been distributed by Ed Silla uh, from the Radio Misfits 
Podcast Network. We'd also like to thank our uh, children, dogs, and uh, construction keeping, workers. Right, for keeping quiet for this 39 minutes or whatever. And thank you very much to the mailman for not arriving during this taping. Well, if when, when he does arrive, get the recorder, because that's, that's a bit. <laughs> Maybe next time. On <laughs> tune the, in. Don't forget to tune in. On Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?